0: Well, good afternoon everybody, Darren Saul here, your host of Saul Searching, the Saul Recruitment Podcast, episode 21, and I have the lovely Estelle Coombe-Heath with me today. How are you Estelle?
1: Hi Darren, well and you?
0: I'm ah, very well, thank you so much for joining me, and for everybody out there we're going to be tackling something very interesting, emotional eating while working from home. So this is something that even I've done for sure. We've all done it. Um, And Estelle is the number one authority in helping people overcome binge and overeating using her signature quit binge eating formula. From a background in business analytics, Estelle now leads various programs on changing mindsets around eating and healthy food choices. She supports her clients to cultivate healthy eating habits and to build trust with food. As a holistic health coach, Estelle infuses yoga, mindfulness, and energy medicine into her consultations. Passionate about holistic health, she sees yoga as a therapy for the mind and soul, considering herself fortunate to facilitate yoga experiences. Estelle's sessions encourage clients to dive into the self-transformation that health practices like positive mindset, yoga, and meditation can provide so welcome to the show estelle thank you so much I'm excited
1: are. to be here oh, me too.
0: <laughs> now let's jump in i kind of want to get a bit of an insight into how you got into this this area in the first place maybe give us a little bit of a backstory and paint us a picture as to and then we'll on. Oh, excellent
1: over. yeah uh, <laughs> i love i love sharing this because uh, this is why i'm here today um about 13 years ago, I was, um, my health journey started. I was in the corporate environment, uh, working 15 to 18 hour days. Uh, I lived off coffee and cigarettes <laughs> during the day. And I'd get home and um, I would just binge eat already from like it was so many years ago. And unfortunately, that was a habit that really stuck with me for a very long time. And in yeah, 2007, uh, I, we got, I got engaged with my partner and I decided I just didn't want to be going through life and in such an unhealthy way. So I decided to kind of um, get on a healthy lifestyle, start eating healthy, um, started running, nice. I quit smoking. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't do anything about the long working hours. Mm-hmm. So stress, ma- uh, stress was kind of always there for me. Um, however, I did start feeling better in making those small little decisions and making those small little steps along the way. Nice. However, um, emotional eating was still quite a big part of my life. And, you know, at the time, I didn't realize that it was a reaction to my my stress levels and my emotions. Yeah. I wasn't very good at um, expressing my emotions. Um, so I usually used either cigarettes or food for that. <laughs> and yeah, so, but slowly but surely, um, I started feeling healthier. I got to see a bit of health benefits um, on that. Um, I did, um, I was previously slightly overweight. I lost a little bit of, Weight, and the minute I saw the weight loss results, I decided, well, this is just like I just need to be thin to be healthy. Nice. So my health journey went from you know concern for my health into an obsessive relationship with exercise and um, and food. Uh-huh. Um, I started being very restrictive. Really? Um, came to food, and I, I started running up to sixty. To 100 kilometers a week, including wow. gym workouts. Oh my god! <laughs> I was an ultra-marathon runner, um, but like I just whatever I did, I always um, came back to emotional eating. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would go for a couple of months where I was okay, and then a couple of weeks later, um, a full blowout binge would happen. Right. So that carried on for many years. And (laughs) eventually I decided, well, I wanted to dig deeper in my um, journey of health. Um, I wanted to help other women or other people actually not struggle through the same thing I was going through. And that's when I started exploring how I could help others break free of those negative patterns. Nice, nice
0: so it's kind of like an all or nothing mindset i mean what what's your definition of binge eating what's the definition of of emotional eating
1: yeah yeah very good question actually you know um so emotional eating is you know if by definition is termed every time you eat when you are not hungry right okay and binge eating this or like binge eating is often when you um eat large amounts of foods Um, for a long period of time and um, but both of those cases are linked to the feelings of guilt and shame Mm -hmm. um, afterwards
0: and so and is it always stress that triggers it or are there many things that trigger it that might be guilt stress i mean You'd probably be able to tell us what are some of the main triggers of emotional eating.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Excellent question. Yes. So it's it's funny that you ask that because we often think of just the negative emotions, Mm -hmm. but you know, there's loneliness, boredom. Yep. Um, you know, like a the great example is the the girl in the movies who gets broken up with, and she see her on the on the binge with the ice cream and the, the <laughs> wine, and <laughs> yeah. she wakes up from this food coma. Yeah. So there's yeah broken relationships, um, but also happy emotions. We celebrate using food. We have always yeah. been. Um, brought up with celebrations of food, rewards. We were rewarded as little kids, get an injection, get a lolly, you know, (laughs) did well at school. Uh, I don't know about you, but I was taken out for dinner or like ice cream, you know? so.
0: (laughs) And even me, like I know that I've got a big family barbecue or a family event or something oh, I'm going to eat lots that day, you know, like, you, yeah. you associate food with, <laughs> with fun and happiness and good times.
1: Yeah, yeah. and that's absolutely normal. Food tastes amazing. Mm. Uh. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, I mean, so I suppose, it, I suppose we'll come into that a little bit later on as to how we regulate that and how we, you know, what are the, some of the management tools that we can use to make sure that that doesn't become an issue. But before we get into that, I just want to get a sense of What have you seen in this time during COVID, when everybody's in lockdown, a lot of people are in lockdown, people are working from home more, they're in front of Zoom, in front of the computer, you know, they're two steps away from their fridge. So what what have you seen in terms of the patterns of eating in this time?
1: Yeah, I've definitely seen, um, everyone I speak to has said that, you know, like uh, they have found themselves over snacking when it comes to working from home. Um, You know, there's even terms in the industry now called, you know, they used to have in in the US, like the freshman 15. They now call it the COVID 15. (laughs) So, um, and I think that's, you know, is something that was possibly something that was already there for you. Mm -hmm. So we might've actually found that, now it's just because you're at home all the time you're constantly snacking but what i've dug into deeper with some of the clients and some of the um, people that i speak to on a regular basis about this is: was this like an issue when you were on holiday and the answer is usually yes you know like people always feel that they're going to blow out on holiday um is it an issue on the weekends and the answer is yes you know so the comfort eating was already kind of there. Yeah. We just didn't notice it as much because we were out from the house. And when we're out from the house, we tend to <laughs> be in front of other people a lot more. Yeah. So we're not going to be seen shoving <laughs> food down our face all the time. Yeah. <laughs> we also in formal meetings where you can't eat. We so now you put yourself, you know, like, switch off the camera you know (laughs) sneak in a sandwich yeah um one thing i have really noticed as well is people are working a lot more since they're working from home you know they've um they don't have to come commute to work anymore however i don't know what it is it could be that their load is so much larger because of, you know, looking after, you know, kids and possibly responsible for homeschooling, um, that kind of thing, that they start logging on earlier to possibly get some more work in, um, but then they get sucked in, you know, as you do, you get sucked into the day, and the next minute, you know, it's like one o'clock. So, Again, we are not having little breaks in the day, we don't have movements, that um, all adds a little bit of stress in the body. And, you know, when the body feels uncomfortable, we're gonna um, crave sugary things to eat because the body thinks "Oh, I need to run, you know, from, mm-hmm. from danger. <laughs> so, um, there is that. But they, one of the biggest things that's been driving overeating, whether you're working from home or not during the COVID period is fear. We have been put in such a massive space of uncertainty.
0: So true.
1: And, you know, our human, basic human um, rights is, or, um, you know, if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, our basic needs is safety and security. And, During uncertain times, no one feels unse- no one feels secure.
0: Right, that's so interesting. I never, really, you know, never really put the two together. So straight away, what do you do when you feel un- insecure? You're not sure what's
1: happening. Let's reach for some food. Let's reach for some food yeah. because the food, as we've known since we were little kids or babies, is comforting. Mm-hmm. It's and it's you know it's kind of fires off different hormonal yeah. reactions in the body. And we kind of feel distracted from what's going on for for a moment. And, you know, for some, that's fine. It's okay to sometimes find that distraction. But then others start feeling guilt straight afterwards. Or I shouldn't have given that. Or, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Wow.
0: I, I heard that, obviously, things that are high, like things that are generally not great for us, like the sugary stuff and whatnot, they release serotonin is that right which is a feel-good hormone yes what about savory things do they release serotonin as well or they release other chemicals it
1: it depends you know savory cravings is usually a sign of dehydration okay um but savory cravings has actually been linked to uh, anxiety Mm. um and yeah so it's definitely um, i'm not sure 100 behind the science behind that but it has to do with the, um, just the comfort we feel in, um, in those savoury foods.
0: Yeah, so, just, so it just goes to show you that overeating and binge eating doesn't have to always mean sugary stuff. It can be savoury.
1: Well. No, yeah. it could be anything. <laughs> and there's a lot of people, women that I work with who are in the health industry um, and like, uh, like me, they, they become overly obsessive with eating healthy. Yeah. So they find themselves binging on nuts or binging yeah. on peanut butter, yeah. um, those kind of things. And it's because they've made their um, you know, eating variety so restrictive. And unfortunately, our main survival mode kicks in when we restrict ourselves around food. Yeah. And <laughs> we will find ourselves binging on even healthy stuff. Yeah, Wow. And now
0: emotional eating, do you think that that's something that can be cured or is it something that we just manage forever? We know that we have a, um, what's the word? We have an affiliation to it and we have to keep it under control or is it something that you can eradicate or change your neural pathways forever?
1: (laughs) You can definitely change your neural pathways, but unfortunately, you're going to have to change everyone's neural pathways around you to 100% not emotionally eat, because as I mentioned before, we emotionally eat when we celebrate with that birthday cake, you know, and that glass of champagne or wine. You know, we emotionally eat when we um, celebrate achievements, all those kind of things. Oh, we built so, around it. We, we built around it. So, and we've, like, it's been ingrained since we were babies, yeah. you know? As a baby, you feel an emotion, don't know what it is, you cry. Mum goes, well, what what do I do with this child? She must be hungry. You get this milk, it's sweet, it's delicious, all of a sudden you forget about it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So so from then, we have been conditioned to, um, you know, food's part of our life so and the more we try and control food because that's what we do next you know we go oh, emotional eating i need to control my food i need to cut out sugars i need to cut out carbohydrates i need to to only eat you know whatever the the latest industry Mm -hmm. um super super superfoods are and when we do that um we will trigger more emotional eating because Mm -hmm. then it, it actually we become anxious around food and that anxiety drives more eating so yes we can try and like you know rewire our brain but it's not rewiring it around the emotional eating it's rewiring it around understanding when we emotionally eat so it's a check-in when we do find ourselves at the snack cupboards every five minutes while working from home Mm -hmm. like Am I really hungry? Did I forget to eat today? Because that can also trigger overeating. You know, if we don't nourish ourselves properly, um, it will also end up in a binge later on. So it's really figuring out um, and using emotional eating as a kind of a, I like to kind of rewire the thinking into, it's a signal that something is out of balance instead Mm of, oh, that's the enemy. I'm doing it again, what's happening?
0: So, yeah. I like that. So, it's really self awareness, understanding what we're doing, and then trying to manage ourselves and our response to whatever emotion we're going through. Yes, absolutely. Okay, <laughs> love it. So, I mean, I'd love to know more about how you work with people and what are some of the steps that people can take to, you know, limit emotional eating or, you know, can self regulate in a way
1: yeah thank you so usually i um work with my clients one-on-one where um i kind of dig deep into first of all healing that relationship with food that's the basis understanding whether you are being nourished enough with what you are eating um because if we don't get that part right whatever we do if we try and um solve emotional issues and the basic need of again food Um, and security around food is not solved, we're always gonna be in that stuck kind of loop. Uh, So we start there, once we've got that that foundation going, then we can go deeper into um, healing old emotional wounds, um, healing habits that keep us in emotional eating or binge eating cycles, um, as well as hidden beliefs, that often drive us um, into eating patterns for many years. You know, that's
0: um, awesome. with some of those <laughs> subconscious psychological issues as well.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. And it's uh, it's quite interesting how many aha moments I get from my clients. I come up, that's that's why you know. Oh, you <laughs> Obviously there's a lot to be said about people who struggle with anxiety and anxiety around food. We work around that as well. Um, so that answers how I kind of um, work in a step-by-step way in, in getting to the bottom of those issues. By the time my clients have finished with me, they are not on a restrictive eating plan. They can still enjoy a piece of cake or they celebrate food and wine. Uh, but they are still also their bodies are telling them more what they need. So they um, their bodies are saying I need a salad or and that kind of thing. It's so it's it's a really interesting process to see how we can actually start connecting back to our bodies and um, you know follow our instincts and in, and in, in what to eat.
0: Absolutely. And how long does it generally like the process take? I mean, obviously everybody's different, but. Would you say it takes a good two to three months to build those new habits or?
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. So on average, I work with my clients for 12 to 16 weeks. Uh, Usually uh, the results I can see is about six weeks in, I usually uh, we break the habit of binge eating. Um, So clients will come to me binge eating either two to three times a week, some every day, some more than once a day, um, and yeah, like most most cases, six weeks is where we break those habits, and that's where clients just go. Oh, I didn't binge this week. It was fantastic! I don't know what you did, yeah. <laughs> so, and I'm like, it was you. I just I just guided you along the way, nice. um, and once we've got that ready, it's uh, practicing that non-binge eating. I always call it a, a muscle. You know, it's yeah. like we've been doing one thing for so long and this is where habit comes in, that it's actually automatic. And if we've been comforting ourselves with food automatically for many years, it's about practicing not doing that every day and every day and every day. Um, And that's why we keep going because, you know, mishaps can still happen. Um, And some people just like need that extra support as well. So, yeah. yeah. Very true.
0: Um, and i suppose that's where the neural pathways come in That after a while you can try and reset and build new neural pathways around your association with food
1: yes absolutely you know like um i need to do or we have to do a lot of work around the um the fears of food yeah because you know if you are in the cycle of Emotionally eating. When you get into a situation where there's food around, it's you know the the, the internal dialogue that happens can be so loud. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's uh, and that's there where I start working with my clients fundamentally and saying, well, you are not those, you are not that urge. Um, is the term that we use um, for overeating that or that drives us to overeat. Yeah, um, and it does take a little bit of time, but eventually that's, we can, um, retrain that neuro pathway. Okay. Awesome.
0: I mean, I don't want to go into your whole work process, but I'd love one or two steps in the process. Like do you get people to do a log of what they've eaten that week? How do you get them to kind of stop engaging in that, in that process and falling into that trap?
1: Yeah. Very good question. So, um, Funny enough, food logging and calorie counting is one of the top things that actually cause people to end up binge eating as well. So, um, yes, I work with food logs, but usually just for the first couple of weeks, just to understand where they are triggered with food. Um, But also, I'm not interested in the calories or what they ate. I'm interested in how that food Um, Affected their bodies, you know. And I, I, my signals are looking at whether, um, how soon after a meal were you hungry again? Um, What kind of cravings set off after that meal? You know, what was your mood like?
0: How did you feel after you ate that meal? And how how did did you feel just before?
1: You know, exactly. So from that, I can actually guide them into saying, well, you're not eating enough. And that's why in the evenings, you are binge eating or that meal you're having at breakfast is not, not sustaining you. And that's why you, you know, dreaming of pastries while sitting at your desk at (laughs) 10am in the morning.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And what about like when people are, you know, they have a stressful day and they just want to come home and reach for the ice cream, reach for the wine, reach for the, Chocolate bar, what do you do? Check, reach for the packet of Tim Tams? You know, how do you kind of stop them from saying, Okay, maybe just have one? Is, is that the what, limit?
1: You know, it, it all just depends on, um, and this is where I teach my clients to be more uh, leaning onto the intuition. You know, um, it's not about a, a discipline where you look, Oh, you can have some, but you can only have one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's really um it, indulging mindfully and understanding that when i have that tim tam how did it make me feel mm-hmm. if i have a second one am i starting to feel slightly sick or yeah. you know am i satisfied now and we can't do that when we are so overbeared with 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 food thoughts and you know um the urges to overeat
0: yeah. so interesting it's really about understanding ourselves and how a food is affecting our, our mood and our um our internal dialogue
1: yeah yeah absolutely
0: <laughs> ah, lots of food for thought
1: fun. <laughs> um, now estelle
0: i love to hear case studies and stories so i don't want you to obviously mention any names but yeah can you give us a an insight into you know, an example of how you might have guided somebody through a process and all of a sudden they're a changed person?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, so one of my clients came to me early January, February. Uh, she was she was just, she had no more, she had nowhere else to go. She said, Estelle, like, I really just, I, I can't go through this anymore. My health is suffering. She had, um, she, she was struggling with an autoimmune disease as well but she also had high anxiety. Um, So that was really just driving um, her to binge almost every single day. So what we um, worked with with her was, like I said in the beginning, getting that stability, the food foundation right. Um, Simultaneously with her, I had to start um, working on her anxiety levels as well, um, immediately just to help her um, break know just get a little bit of relief from that anxiety and uh, once we did that we uncovered many beliefs that kind of stuck um, with her for many years and those made her feel really bad about herself and um, we were able to break through those and lead her into healthier healthier habits around food. Um, She stopped binge eating in week seven and uh yeah she was just amazed she went on a family holiday in week 11 Mm -hmm. and she said usually that would just absolutely cause binge like binge eating all the time um and but she she came back and she's like there was nothing like yeah Mm -hmm. just (laughs) such an amazing case i had another I can go on about this forever, so just stop me if I've said too much. But (laughs) I've I've worked with a couple of um, women who have recovered from eating eating disorders such as bulimia and anorexia. And often when they um, start healing, um, that need you to be um, so thin, or you know, pull their weight at a very low level. Mm-hmm. They do end up binge eating um, because the body's like, well, you know, I'm getting food. I don't know when else I'm going to get this food. I'm going to make the most of it. Absolutely. So, a uh, couple of cases of them, they were actually um, unconsciously waking up in the middle of the night and eating and no that, that is how the body is so strong in surviving that it will if you are going to starve it it's going to actually um make a way to eat and whether it has to do that while you're sleeping That's, i never
0: <laughs> never thought that, that was possible
1: that was... and it's just amazing how when we started adjusting Um, certain things for those clients, um, how that behavior just kind of went. And, you know, I catch up with them regularly, you know, find out how they're doing and it's still not an issue. So yeah, crazy, crazy ways our bodies will will survive us.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. Amazing work. And I mean, and I'd love to know how you integrate yoga and You know, those type of energy therapies with this into this process.
1: Yeah. Good question. So yoga was one of the um therapies that really helped me connect to my body. Yeah. Um, because you know it's it really is a practice of that mindfulness, connecting movement with breath. Yeah. It really allowed me to slow down. Yeah. And um and that is if you, you if you in a busy mind space and you you'll never be able to connect back into your emotions yeah. because you're just in that thought pattern yeah. so um yoga is one of the tools that i used to connect back with my body and, you know i use the, the the movement-based practice um to um to do that but eventually um i've taken on some of the other practices you know part of yoga which is the meditation breath breath exercises and um often if someone if my client comes to me and she is just having like a breakdown i'd first help her move like she she wouldn't have been dressed for the yoga for for yoga i'm just like i don't care we're going to move a little bit just to get you back back into your body and just slow down um so um there's often where i give them a yoga class to go do afterwards just to um, help connect. Um, But then also a lot in my sessions, I actually use breath work. Um, I use some meditations. Uh, We use visualizations Um, and yeah, many of those tools come in quite handy um, to actually start managing those overactive food thoughts and behaviors.
0: So it's really it sounds like you use those practices to open up the channels for self-awareness to allow you to really self-regulate better
1: yeah yeah and you know that you know we all have different ways of getting there and yoga was just one of the ways that i i got there okay. um you know there's a lot to be said about our energetic body as well and um often i've had some clients where i'm like okay We'll just do a bit of an energy clearing there as well because the energy body holds our emotions a lot as well.
0: Wow, fantastic, Estelle. Well, I mean, that's fascinating. If people want to get in touch with you to learn more about how you might be able to help them, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Beautiful. You can get in touch with me via my website, wholesomelifestyleproject.com. I also have a dedicated uh, Facebook group for binge and emotional eaters it's called food freedom for binge and emotional eaters um, on facebook just type that into the search bar you'll find the link um or instagram also wholesome lifestyle projects
0: perfect perfect and i'm going to put all the links to that in the show notes for everybody but that is you know fascinating stuff because i love to dive into anything related to internal dialogue and how it affects our day-to-day lives and eating is a perfect example of you know how we what we say to ourselves subconsciously or consciously of how that manifests in in the real in the real world mm. Fascinating. Um, now i always like to ask my guest one last question before we leave and i'd like to ask you today i mean for all the people out there that are still stuck at home um still going to be doing a lot more work in this new post covid or put that into inverted commas hopefully um yep. <laughs> what would be a great tactic or, you know, uh, strategy for them to kind of just keep their eating in track, on track mm-hmm. while they're doing more and more work at home?
1: Absolutely. So I think, you know, like while working from home, um, making sure that you're prepared. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be eating healthier and you want to avoid um, a lot of that snacking, make sure that you, are op- um, you know, do some meal prep. Like, yep. you know, just to make sure that you get the right things into your body. Because you're at home, it's easy to actually whiz up a, like a veggie juice or a smoothie or something like that to just add. So if you've had, you know, a little bit of an emotion like a, a snack attack yep. and you just want to feel a little bit blur, you can always just, you know, take a five minute break and make yourself a nice little smoothie that kind of thing, in saying that, make sure that you keep um, chopped fruits and veggies in the freezer for that. Um, keep your fruits handy so you can snack on those. Um, I would say also, plan for some snacking. You know, yeah. Make sure that you um, have a snack on standby, whether it's once a day, where you allow yourself a Tim Tam yeah. or, um, you know, where you have a small little pack of something that's savoury, if if savoury is your thing, um, just so that you, like, feel like you get that comfort out of the food anyway and you don't feel deprived. Mm. Uh, I think deprivation, it it can be so triggering. Yep. Um, making sure that you are hydrated, um, because, I don't know what it is, but because we're sitting at home at our desks, it's almost like no excuse to get up. So no one's coming around saying, hey, let's go grab a tea. Yeah. You're not getting up to go to a meeting room. So we're just sitting a lot more. Yeah. Um, and then for me, movements, you know, often cravings can come because the body is tired um, and um, we haven't moved a lot. So the yeah. muscles feel like tight, sore, we don't notice that we're feeling that pain, but the body's saying, hey, I need some sugar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I'm feeling pain, <laughs> you yeah. might not notice it, but I, I, I need some comfort here. <laughs>
0: Maybe just stand up, do a couple of, just move a little bit, just connect with yourself again, as you say. And yeah. And a different mindset.
1: Mind, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: Love it. Well, Estelle, thank you so much for coming on the show. That was fantastic. And I hope you've given everybody... A lot to think about, and a lot of strategies and tactics, and you know how they understand their relationship with food. <laughs> Thank
1: you so much for having me. This has been so much fun.
0: <laughs> oh, my pleasure. So uh, everybody out there, hope you had a great show. Hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Feel free to um, catch up with Estelle. I'll put all the links in the show notes, and we'll see you very very soon for another episode. Bye for now. Thanks again, Estelle.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Bye.